Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages five, three, and two. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. everyone I am starting today with a high five and if you follow me on social media you've seen the pictures of this but this last weekend we did a polar plunge with my family with my two oldest kids and my husband and then my immediate family like Felicia's husband who's my brother Felicia was there but she has a baby in her belly so (sighs) she didn't actually do it with us and my sister Caitlin and my parents and it was so fun and it the reason why I'm using it as a high five is because it wasn't just like a, we went and jumped in icy water just for fun and froze ourselves. Mm. We did something called the Wim Hof method, method, which if you're not familiar with him, look him up because he's pretty cool. But uh, it's a, like you, we did a specific breathing technique before, a little meditation, and then actually talked about mindset. And the idea is that you're purposefully leaning into discomfort and recognizing it as just a sensation and it's like this really cool empowering feeling when you get out and I loved it because our our coach I don't know if you'd call him a coach I don't know trainer um as he was walking us through it he's like sometimes there's discomfort that you push through and there's a lot of uh, positive on the other side of Mm -hmm. that which is such a good lesson in life that we don't like I don't believe in pushing through pain so I love this. This is totally yoga. You don't ever push through pain, but you do push through discomfort. Mm-hmm. And there are times in our lives where there's uncomfortable things, uncomfortable feelings, uncomfortable sensations that we choose intentionally to stay present and go through those. And on the other side of that is this really cool feeling of strength and empowerment. And it was so cool to watch my little girls who, I mean, it was cold and mm-hmm. they did so great. And like after we were all like just on a high it was so 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 cool Mm -hmm. and I feel like I really had a cool mindset change it's like anything we do something that's hard Mm -hmm. it changes you I actually think I'm looking at my own life giving birth is one of those things that I felt like changed me on the inside in my mind way more than it changed my body Mm -hmm. like my ability now to like this is going to be hard but I'm going to do it anyways feeling is like Mm -hmm. totally different Mm -hmm. it's difficult to explain even the way I face pain now which I know I just said the word pain (laughs) I, I know you're not supposed to say it during this pain. Because, <laughs> um, you know, me and Felicia are trained in hypnosis. So, like, when you're actually pregnant, we don't use the word pain. But now that I've had it, I can say, yes, there was pain. But the way I face it now, it's, like, totally different. Like, running a marathon changed me in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But I know what my body can do. I know that it's hard, but you can still do it. I feel like this was this is kind of like one of those things that's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, that was really hard, and I did it, and I taught my kids, and it was so cool. And Anyway, so that's that was a really long high five, but that was my <laughs> high five. It was so cool, and I experienced something really new, and I love the Wim Hof Method breathing, so yes. it was really cool to actually do it in a social set situation that was in an actual frozen pond. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, Wim Hof is awesome. If you guys are interested in learning more about him and his technique his interview on tim ferris's podcast um which is just called the tim ferris show is really good it kind of breaks down his whole his theories of breathing and cold therapy and stuff and wow it's amazing and he has a killer accent it's so yes, fun to listen to him. i could like i could like hear him in my mind as we yeah. were breathing let it go yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> he does. his accent is awesome we'll link we'll link his information in case you're interested yeah yeah Okay, my high five is a high five to the conversations that we can have on social media. This last weekend was the Super Bowl, and there was a lot of conversation (laughs) about the halftime show. And I was just so, it was was eye-opening for me to see everyone's different opinions, but how you can... We can all have respectful, awesome conversations on both sides, whatever your opinions are, through social media. And, I mean, we've never had a time 
like that in our lives where we have the opportunity to be so open-minded to other people's views. So I just have to give a high five to that and any of you that I chatted with, I just loved it. It was, it was great. So fun. I was impressed with, I mean, obviously in comments of people, sometimes people really went down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. of being disrespectful, but I was impressed with my friends that I felt like there was totally opposite sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm. having conversations in Mm -hmm. a really respectful way, which is so cool. Impressive. Yeah. Felicia said something that totally inspired me about this whole concept and it was on her Instagram, but, uh, where like one of the huge benefits of art is that it sparks conversations Mm -hmm. sometimes really controversial conversations so Mm -hmm. and that one did it sparked a ton of conversations so anyway yeah Yeah. conversations conversations are so awesome to have Mm -hmm. okay well today (laughs) we are going to we decided to extend our conversation about boys to two episodes because wow we have like so much to talk about and uh it's really two episodes worth so just as a review from last time we kind of came down to four pillars we talked about last time with raising boys that has to do with the whole idea here is that we're channeling boys natural strengths and weaknesses and helping them use them for good instead of simply suppressing the the things that can be strengths or weaknesses but that bother us and trying to force them into fit a specific mold so uh the pillars that we kind of narrowed it down to last time were Connection, getting outside, you know, getting exercise, hopefully outside, mm-hmm. uh, sleep and nutrition. And I, guys, before I start into these next two items that we're going to be talking about, which is school and screen times, I just want to clarify something that, ah, I like, since I said it, since we recorded last week, it's been on my mind. I made the comment that oftentimes in my own life, when things are off with my kids, when one of my children are having a issue that I like, I don't know how to solve that when I go back to these four things, I still haven't found any of the issues that haven't been solved with these four things. So for me, I always go back to connection first, and almost always the connection is what fixes it. Mm-hmm. If I have a kid who's acting out, I look at our connection, and I think, you know what, they're probably not getting enough connection, and I mm-hmm. focus in on that, literally like the one-on-one connecting with their souls time, am I being present with them? <clears throat> and that almost, that oftentimes that negative behavior goes away uh, simply by seeing them and helping them feel connected. And then the getting outside, which is any kind of exercise, uh, getting good sleep. Oftentimes if I just move their bedtime up a little bit, it's like, oh, they're going through a growth spurt. They need some more sleep. Mm -hmm. And also nutrition, having it just not be junk food all the time. Mm -hmm. Those four things are like, for me in my life, it's always the place where I go to start. When I have a problem, Mm -hmm. I go back to those things. Just like in my own life, when I'm feeling way off, like, wow, something's wrong inside of me. I start with my, how am I doing on my miracle morning, which is my connection time to myself and to God like filling up my soul. Mm -hmm. So my clarification here is that I am not naive enough to know. Mm -hmm. I I know that these things aren't the solution to every problem because there's, I know within the sound of my voice, there's been problems in my own life, in my personal life that Miracle Morning has not solved. Mm -hmm. However, I do know that going through those really difficult things that weren't fixed by Miracle Morning, I do know that doing that time made me get through those situations better. Mm -hmm. Just like with any kid you might have something where you're like, this isn't going to solve the thing that they have. But if you focus on connection and help them get the right amount of exercise and you help them with their sleep and you're feeding them food that's going to nourish their bodies, Mm -hmm. it's going to still, those are always good places to start and you're going to be better off than you were not doing those things. Mm -hmm. So again, my my disclaimer is I'm not claiming that it's going to solve everything ever, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying Almost every situation is better when you're doing those things. Mm-hmm, totally. And anytime and things are off, ask yourself those questions and wow. Mm-hmm. Check in my, with those things first. Yeah. Yeah. And in my own life, every time I've ever been way off, it's because I'm not doing my miracle morning. And even though the outward situation, even like the most difficult outward situations of my life, that they didn't change because I went back to my miracle morning practice, something inside of me changed, mm-hmm. which is the most important thing so mm-hmm. it doesn't change our circumstances all the time but totally. it always changes my internal circumstance and all of those you have 
mostly besides maybe nutrition because who knows if they'll eat what you want them to eat but you have a lot of control over all of those things mm-hmm. you know you can be the you know you're there might be other problems that your kids have that you might need to seek help from outside sources but those are all things within your control and so I love that mm-hmm. it feels like you have a, mm-hmm. some control because sometimes the kids yeah. are like I'm out of control and there's really no downside to connection, getting outside, it's good true. sleep and nutrition. Like, I don't think you'll talk to anybody who's like, ooh, I don't ooh. know. You fed them too many fruits and vegetables <laughs> and they got really good sleep. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, side effects. <laughs> okay, guys. So today we are going to finish up with two more um, pillars specific to helping boys in their lives. And the first one is school. Um this one I see as being so important because of the disconnect between how boys learn and how traditional schooling is ran. That doesn't mean that they can't thrive in traditional schooling, but I think it's just something to be aware of. So schools today are there. So today's kindergarten is equal to yesterday's first grade. We've all heard that, that schools are, their standards are getting higher. The testing is getting higher. The expectations for the kids is more and it it really if you think about it is quite a disservice to boys who develop most of the time again generalizations here most of the time boys are developing their gross motor skills first girls are developing their fine motor skills and their more want to achieve for other people first and so for boys they have all this pressure to sit still and focus and read and write and when in this age they really need some more hands-on full body activities and so I think the key here and what I tried to do with Cohen so Cohen is my oldest and he he actually has a late birthday so he's um a July birthday And so I wasn't sure, you know, the whole question, I'm sure a lot of you have wrestled with, do I send him to school now or do I wait another year? But for me, he was really ready to go to kindergarten, but I just tried to take that pressure off myself. And it was, you know, it was a challenge for my ego to not compare, you know, like test scores or does he know how to read already or different things like that and just see it as his different journey and support him in that. And his teacher is amazing and really is supportive of all of her students. So I I haven't felt that coming from the school, but I'm sure it happens a lot with boys Mm -hmm. and probably girls, but just that expectation put on them to perform at a higher level. And it doesn't mean that they're stupid or they don't get it. It's just they're going at a different pace and to kind of let go of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful. Which is a good rule of thumb, really, at any stage of school. <clears throat> when we start getting our ego into it, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> then things usually don't go well for our kids because they're feeling that that ego pressure from mm-hmm. us, which is different than the desire to learn and grow. Totally. And just, I need to get this perfect grade to please my parents. Totally. But And that uh, stat, well, that piece of information that today's kindergarten equals yesterday's first grade is from a book called Boys Adrift by Leonard Sachs. And um, it has a lot of cool information inside of it. And also, I just wanted to add there, for boys, when she was saying that boys' brains develop the gross motor skills, it's not even because that's how we're training them. It's literally, it's literally their, brain. their brain from the beginning. They, they, like the brain stuff goes to their, the brain juice, mm-hmm. uh, goes to their muscles and those gross... Uh, motor skill development Mm -hmm. whereas girls are their brains are focusing on things like communication Mm -hmm. and auditory processing which in school auditory processing is key because you're listening you have to like it has to go in through your ears Mm -hmm. and into your brain Mm -hmm. and then you have to bring it out onto paper Mm -hmm. and so for some boys or and this again this is a generalization because some girls have a hard time with auditory processing as well but in general that might be a little bit harder for boys because they are a little bit they're going to develop it. It's just a little bit behind yeah, of, yeah. of what a girl would be. So if you th- if you just know that going into it, you can kind of take your ego out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a lot of pressure off of your boy and have it be more of a positive experience. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. our episode about education, it's called Making Education Awesome. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest tips, especially while your kids are young. 
that the goal here is to make learning and education awesome, like mm-hmm. a really positive, positive experience. And if they're feeling from you like you are not performing to my level here, mm-hmm. then there's nothing that's going to kill their desire to learn mm-hmm. than that feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And <clears throat> if you're noticing that, and I think this is most traditional schooling, that um, they're not having a ton of, you know, movement, sports, bit more kinetic activities, hands-on learning, just recognize that. It might be a lot of detox when they come home from school. They might be a little bit grouchy. They might be wanting to run more and try to, you know, give them those opportunities on your watch and have more competition, more jumping on the tramp, whatever it is, but so they can get that energy out because they've been working hard all day not to move. (laughs) Yes. And you can even make it really fun. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, hey, Mm -hmm. we're going to jump on the tramp in the morning before Mm -hmm. you go to school. And when you get home, we're going to play dodgeball Mm -hmm. on the tramp. Like Mm -hmm. have it be like a fun Mm -hmm. way. But in your mind, you're like, I'm specifically helping you use (laughs) your body and get out some energy. But to them, it's just like, we're just having so much fun. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's an excellent tip. Instead of blaming, I think the, the thing I love about what Felicia just said is we have so much opportunity as parents to if we don't feel like they're getting enough exercise at school mm-hmm. we just have more activities at home mm-hmm. we have a lot more power I think than mm-hmm. we sometimes think yep and in in Boys Adrift Leonard Sachs's author he talks about how something else that boys really strive on is competition and competitive atmospheres and that they really need those challenges but I've noticed this trend towards non competition in sports in schools it's like we're not keeping score and everybody wins and I'm not saying that's not so kind but (laughs) I do think it is when you when you research how boys work they like really I mean I see it in my boys and they're not any of none of them are really hyper competitive but it's like race you to get in the car and that's the best thing they've ever heard You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you can be aware of that, they're probably not getting that as much in school or maybe even in sports when they're younger. But to introduce that competition to them in a healthy way, I think is – I've seen it in my voice. They Mm -hmm. really, really enjoy it. And you can learn a lot from that feeling of competition because we all have different levels of competitiveness. Like as Felicia's talking, Felicia is awesomely competitive. (laughs) And so probably the racing really like does something for you too, (laughs) right? Yeah. But the cool thing about it is like Felicia's learned that I can be competitive and enjoy that feeling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without being, but also at the same time being not, you know, like when you do lose, I've never seen Felicia like throw a tantrum. You know what I mean? So the cool (laughs) thing about (laughs) in letting your kids feel that if they have a really competitive nature, let them feel it. You can feel it as a boy or a girl Mm -hmm. and let yourself feel it and then... But so when you don't win, though, what do we do yeah. then? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. learning that at a young age is, I think, super great because yeah. you can use it as a strength, but not let it go into a strength in excess. Totally. And become like a, I'm not going to talk to people for five days yes. if I lose a race, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I yes. love it because you're teaching them at a really young age. Like, it's fine. It's really fun to win. Mm-hmm. And you can still do it with grace, you totally. know? So totally. So I think that's such a good tip. I have a friend with a really a high energy, super competitive, let's see, he's in first grade. So he's like, you know, six. And when she put him in basketball, it like really, she's like, I noticed a huge difference in his just everyday life because he had a really healthy outlet Mm -hmm. for that feeling of competitiveness that he felt. Mm -hmm. And dare I say, aggression. Like I know that word is like a really negative word, Mm -hmm. but when you're feeling a lot of aggression inside of you, it's good to have a healthy outlet mm-hmm. for that. Instead of just saying, oh, it's aggression, I gotta like smother it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're feeling aggressive right now. Let's go punch a pillow or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. There are really healthy outlets or sprint. When I'm really mad, like sprinting <laughs> is a great outlet. So we can teach our kids that it's okay to feel those things. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. I don't want my sons to think because you're having a feeling of aggression means that you're bad. Mm-hmm. It means you're feeling it. How can we get out that's in a healthy out, way? Outlet. You know? Yep. So I think that's really, well, that's like a key to parenting in general. Mm-hmm. But especially when we're talking about these strengths the boys have that mm-hmm. can turn into weaknesses if they go too far. Mm-hmm. Totally. Just helping them have a healthy outlet for all of them. Yeah. So. And in fact, we, in our family, when we do our affirmations, we say, 
one of them is and we use our strength for good because I want I want my boys to know that I value their strength and it helps me in a lot of ways even though they're little you know they carry in groceries for me and as they grow I'm sure their strength I don't want them to not want to be strong because they're afraid they're going to hurt someone I want them to know that they can use it in a productive way and in a healthy way and it's such like a fine it's a fine balance Mm -hmm. that I think we have to find Mm -hmm. especially as moms where when we're most women when we're feeling like really angry it doesn't I mean sometimes mine has gone to aggression I do feel that like I just want to punch a wall or something Mm -hmm. but it's way I think it's way more in boys so to recognize it and not and not be mad at them for having that but to teach them to to use it in a healthy way Mm -hmm. I think is really important I think that's super important and I love that (laughs) that I the I you always use your strength for good I so I'm just gonna share what we do with uh, my family we when I give them their affirmations at night I sing this little song that I made up when my first was a baby that I still sing to them and it's just all these affirmations of everything, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, the phrase that I say to them is, and you always use your power for good. Mm-hmm. Because, I and I love that, actually. Mm-hmm. I actually don't even know. I love both the word strength and power mm-hmm. because I think, I mean, we have physical strength that we can use for good. We mm-hmm. have mental strength. We have spiritual strength that we can use for good. Mm-hmm. We can use our influence for good. And I want my kids to know that they are powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to be yeah. powerful. yeah. And just use that power for good. And I think mm-hmm. if you have that kind of focus, it's difficult to get into a place of ego wanting power for just the sake of power. Totally. Because we don't want to drink that Kool-Aid. But mm-hmm. I think owning your own power and then doing what you can with it to make the world a better place mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I love, 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 I love, love that. that. Yeah, that's great. Okay, we're going to take a break and we'll come back with some tips on screen time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And our final tip for boys is going to be around screen time. And I know we've talked about this a lot in previous episodes. We have an episode on screen time use for yourself, for adults, and and an episode for kids. Right? They're separate? Mm, Yeah, we have Um, to. So if you're looking for general screen time tips, those are good places as well. We're going to talk specifically why it's important to limit screen time for boys today. Um, So boys tend to be more visual in in nature. They're more attracted to visual things than auditory like we were talking about before. So they become more easily addicted to screens. I think this is anyone also, any child and any adult, screens are very addicting. Um, None of us are immune, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And um, they, a lot of the time, so in Calmer, Easier, Happier Boys, the author talks about how a lot of the times the screens that the games and shows that boys are drawn to are because they're aggressive and competitive as well. So like superheroes fighting or like, you know, racing games or shooting games or any of these things really touches on not only the visual aspect for boys, but also the aggressive, competitive, especially the video games, um, 
that their brains are really craving. So that they can get through real life. Real life, yes, yes. One interesting thing I've read before, and I know this is a little controversial, but, and just to be clear, I'm not saying don't have your kids ever play games because I'm not saying that. (laughs) But that there actually is, specifically in boys, there's this uh, desire to be a hero. Mm -hmm. And it's a good, that's a strength, right? Mm -hmm. That you want to be a hero and protect. That's where like the instinct to protect and defend and all those good things come from. But the one thing that playing an excessive amount of video games does is it actually feeds into that part of the brain and makes it feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a hero. Mm-hmm. I can create my own worlds mm-hmm. and, you know, demolish whole armies <laughs> by the click of my finger. Mm-hmm. But the hard thing is, because it's not real, so now mm-hmm. that desire to do good and defend is satiated, but it's nothing in real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then it creates a lot of frustration in boys because they go into real life and they're not actually mm-hmm. full-blown heroes. Yeah, And you can either feel powerless or a negative situation would be you actually choose not to achieve. Right. Because that, that part of your brain's already been satiated. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that applies to every situation. And I don't think playing video games every once in a while is a problem. But mm-hmm. I have read that that is, that can happen. If you're mm-hmm. playing like total, tons and tons of video games, mm-hmm. that you're taking a strength that your boy might have naturally and satiating it, but not in a good way. Because it's yeah. not real life. Yeah. And a lot of the times they, boys slash kids really anyone probably getting super into video games they become more aggressive and anxious and um less respectful of authority these are all things that can go with video games because of the nature of the actions you're performing in the video games um but the one that really stuck out to me that i was like oh my gosh i really don't want that is that kids become more imitative when they watch shows or play video games it's that they're getting all their ideas their creative ideas from the games and the shows instead of using the creativity that naturally comes in their brains and that was just a big red flag for me to see that it's like i like it made me picture like tv just sucking their little creative juices (laughs) out so that's those are just some some stats of things that can affect your child's brain with screen time. And again, you guys know Terlin and I are advocates of limiting screen time. And what that means to your family is going to be different for everybody. But I think the key here is decide what your family rules are about screens. And then set them, make sure your kids know, and hold them. Um, So... In Calmer, Easier, Happier Boys, the author talks about how if if we set these boundaries and then when kids are whining, nagging, begging for screens and then it works, they get to use screens even some of the time. Even if that only happens some of the time. You hold it sometimes, sometimes you don't. It activates the addiction center in their brain um, and it creates this thing that they're craving as an addiction and I mean, screens are already addictive, so let's not make it doubly addictive. Mm -hmm. But the solution, and Terrilyn and I talked a lot about this. In the book, she gives, she suggests using a screen, screen time as an earned reward. And that might work really great for some people. So if that works really good for your family, um, go for it. Terrilyn and I talked about it. And for us, so for our family, we do, we have one day a week that... Um, my boys can choose a show to watch in the afternoon. And when I was listening to the book and thinking of screen time as an earned reward, because what it does when it is, you know, comes after finishing different achievements. So say it's you went to school today and then you do your tidy up. And if you do your tidy, you can earn the reward of screen time. It activates their prefrontal cortex, which is where our rational thought is formed. Um, So it turns it into more of a treat than Mm -hmm. a thing that they have to beg for and like a negative association, which Mm -hmm. is all great. But for me, when I thought about it as a reward, so an if-then or if-when thing, um, it just made me think, well, then it's going to turn it into a thing that they won't 
get ready for school, tidy up, brush their teeth every day unless they have this earned reward of screen time. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't loving that yeah. feeling. I think you and I in our lives right now, this stage, we're just not having enough screen time to mm-hmm. use it as a reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was thinking as I was listening to her thing that if you have, say, for example, like a teenager who's like right now, I mean, you know, it's a problem. Yeah. That could work really well because you might be like, I know I'm not going to cut it out every right. day. Right. I mean, I'm still going to give him a little every day. Then it could be a great thing. You have mm-hmm. a whole list of homework to my standards, your bed made, mm-hmm. your tidy for the day done, mm-hmm. and the dishwasher emptied or whatever it is, you know, 30 minutes of playing outside, whatever you make yep. is your thing. That might be a huge motivation for your son if they're already really entrenched and you know you're going to keep it as an every everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I yeah, I think for both of us right now, because it's not an everyday thing, it doesn't yeah. really work as well for us. But that was totally mind-blowing to me. To find out that really, like giving into the begging does actually activate the addict part of their uh-huh. mind, and having them ever hide it, like if they've ever had to like hide technology mm-hmm. from you, that's also the addiction part of your brain. And we all obviously want to avoid addictions of all kinds. Yes, <laughs> you know, like do our best to avoid that. Yes. So yes. that was fascinating to me that psychology portion of it, and. Just so you guys know, for me, I always like to hear what other people do with their screen time. So Felicia just shared what their limit right now is with screen time. Mine has actually changed since our last screen time uh, episode, which I had had that rule for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's changed just because our schedules have changed. We're kind of moving into a different phase of life where we watch a movie as a family once a week while we fold clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. And then um, there's two times a week where... Uh, they can watch because it's during like a specific specific thing where me and the girls are doing one thing at a class and so the boys get to watch they can either play this game that they love that's like a maze or watch a movie in Spanish so that's just those two times a week and I love it because now when my son asks hey can I play that Mm -hmm. game I can say is it Wednesday at four (laughs) o'clock yeah it's not yes and then sometimes he cries Mm-hmm. And I can say, oh, I can see you're really sad about that. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. And on Wednesday at 4 o'clock, you get it. Mm-hmm. But I just love it because now that it's like a specific, like with any limit, it's a very specific yeah. thing. They know. So they know when you answer, you're going to stick to your thing. And then mm-hmm. you allow any emotion that needs to come out. And it's fine. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. ruffle you mm-hmm. because you know they know. And they're not going to get it from begging. You know yep. what I mean? So I think knowing that little piece of psychology makes me be like, I am never going to give into begging totally. for screen time totally. ever. I'm going to set my limit and we're just going to stay to that limit mm-hmm. and whatever it is. And we've talked about this before, but if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Ooh, yep. You know, I'm feeling it. I'm going to make a change in my screen time for my kids. Just be okay with, there's going to be a little detox time. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some crying. You're going to have some times where you're like, I just need to turn I on a movie. <laughs> Because I'm so sick of these children mm-hmm. whining at me. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel it. And same thing, guess what? You do the same thing with your own emotion. You think, yes, I feel like I'm going crazy right now. Mm-hmm. And I really, I'm feeling very frustrated. And I wish I could just turn on a movie. But I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Once you do it for a little while, you don't even miss it. I can't even. It's so true. I can't even describe. I wish I could just like plug it into, if you're feeling like I'm a little scared right now. Mm-hmm. Once it's been gone for a while. It does. You don't even notice it. They figure out ways to entertain themselves, building Legos. Better, their yeah. attention span grows. Their ability to independently play grows. All those things. But it takes a little bit of detox time. So yeah. just totally. be gentle with yourself. Maybe get a little bit more sleep. Eat a little bit better food. <laughs> have some good connection time. And make sure you're getting outside during the detox time. <laughs> yes. And I can say, because when I first started really diving into screen time with you know, thinking about what I wanted to do in our family, I what Cohen was watching more in that time period. So I did, I went through a little detox with him and I can say it, it is, you know, it's hard. He was young. So it wasn't like, wow, what it will probably be for older kids. It wasn't like crazy hard, but, um, it was definitely a lot of recognizing emotions, but like with any boundary, once you hold it and they know you're serious, you're going to have to recognize those emotions sometimes when they're sad, but it makes it so much, I feel like it makes it so much easier because they know you're going to follow through. I feel like it makes the begging, crying, freaking out time less because they, they've they come to trust that in you that you're going to hold it, mm-hmm. hold that boundary. Um, and something 
I don't even want to say this because you're going to be like, don't even say that. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, now that we've gotten to this point where I feel like we're at a place of screen time that I feel really good about with our family, my boys rarely ask and sometimes they even forget. Like they'll go a couple weeks without even asking for shows and stuff because their brains have adapted and now they're so much more creative and they're thinking of things. Sometimes I'm like, you know, because their energy, again, it's very gross motor skills. I'm like, do you want to watch a show? <laughs> Can you stop moving, stop creating things? But they're they're not asking for it. So mm-hmm. I think it's such, it's so good for their brains. Like I've seen their creativity mm-hmm. skyrocket. And it's directly tied with things like motivation, mm-hmm. ability to follow through, mm-hmm. and delayed gratification. And uh, what's that? What's the word I'm looking for? Attention span? Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Even just car rides, I've noticed. I mean, we listen to books. Yeah. But, and I've admitted this to you guys before, but with my first, when she was little, I would let her watch movies in the car. Mm-hmm. And when I took it away, because I had read some stuff about screen time, I was so worried that our car rides were going to be miserable. Yeah. And now, my kids would never even dream of asking for... No. Yeah. We don't even miss it. There's so mm-hmm. much... There's so many better things. Yeah. And something that she just said about gross motor skills, and sometimes you do just want, like, you're... Okay. <laughs> I want you to be... We had one of our listeners call it... Uh, like a in front of a screen zombie yeah <laughs> that that uh in in the book happier easy what is it calmer easier happier boys uh-huh. <laughs> but in that book she says that boys who are especially maybe high energy or extra intense are extra susceptible to screen time mm-hmm. and all kids can become zombies when you stick them in front of a screen totally. but they're also way more sensitive and might be more difficult after. Mm-hmm. I actually have a friend who used to work with uh, autistic, well, kids on the autism spectrum as her full-time job in school. So, like, they would actually be bused into this school, and so she was a specialist. Mm-hmm. And she said that she actually found with those kids, they were, like, 10 times more sensitive. In So this is anecdotal. This is not, I'm not saying this research-based here. But she's like, I could literally tell when we put them in front of the screen, it was a relief for a little bit. But then she's like, we actually paid the price every time. She's like, I noticed for at least an hour after there was a uh, increase in like aggression and all those kinds of things mm-hmm. that would go up. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is you might you might be thinking, well, my child is extra difficult. Mm-hmm. So therefore they need more screens. And what I'm suggesting is perhaps actually it's the opposite, mm-hmm. that the more difficult the temperament of our child the less they need screens. And I've noticed that with my kids, the irritability definitely goes up after... I mean, if you think of situations where they have more screens on trips, on drives, or just, you know, maybe just had a new baby or somebody's sick and there's more screens, I definitely notice that they're way more irritable and they're way less creative in their independent play. And this is this is totally a personal thing for me so I'm just putting it out there in case anybody else feels this um but I know that sometimes there is like the trap of oh but they're watching this show and they're learning manners they're learning their ABCs they're learning blah 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 there's so many quote learning shows which are all teaching good things Mm -hmm. which if you're going to be watching something great 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 to watch Yeah. yeah but I think sometimes we can get for me it was this trap of but if they're if they're not, and then they're just free playing, are they learning anything? Is that, should should I be having them watch this show where they're learning their letters instead because then they're learning? That whole, the just that trigger word for parents of learning, I think is huge. But the more research I've done about independent free play and how you might not see it in your kid coming up to you and saying, A says ah, but what they're learning in that free play time where they're being creative is so much more. And they're going to learn all that in school. Just, like, take that pressure off yourself. I really mm-hmm. I really believe in that wholeheartedly that they learn more through that free play. Mm-hmm. Not facts, just mm-hmm. life. Yeah. <laughs> the building blocks inside of their mm-hmm. brain, mm-hmm. preparing them for academic learning. Mm-hmm. And also, we are also huge proponents of reading to our children. So if you're yes. reading to them... Even if you're not even saying A says ah, mm-hmm. that exposure to books and to letters as you read is going to do mm-hmm. way more than any TV show can ever do. Mm-hmm. I want to put in as something that I think is really important as we're talking about screen time, and that is, 
I think it's really easy anytime we hear all these statistics to get a little bit of feeling like if you're feeling in your heart right now like a little pinch like mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like scared mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like a feeling I don't want you to leave listening to us being afraid <laughs> and I think kids can pick up on anytime we make something so this is just something to be aware of as you present this to your children whatever your screen time limits are going to be I think it's very important not to villainize something even though when you start reading the research, you're like, whew, this is a villain yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But to not villainize it and not make it into this taboo thing that they do feel like they have to hide. Uh, you simply set limits that makes them, it's simply inaccessible for them, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have the opportunity to hide it. Mm-hmm. But like the way I present it to my children, I don't give them, at the age they're at right now, I mean, maybe if they were a little older, you could give them some of this research. So you, you can just make this call. But I don't tell them screens are terrible, technology's bad, because I think there are a lot of benefits. I think there's enjoyment to be had from screens. Like, I do love watching a movie with my kids. Mm-hmm. And there's things you can learn from technology. I mean, so it isn't that screens and technology are inherently bad. It's simply, the way I frame it to my kids is, it is easier for our brains to watch something on the screen. So that's why we just limit it, right? So we set specific boundaries around it. And then when we're when we're mm-hmm. enjoying our screen time, we can fully enjoy it. Like, you don't have to feel guilty about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. very enjoyable. So that, we're just setting limits around it because we want to be able to really enjoy it and not let it. It's something that can maybe easily take over, mm-hmm. right? But then the way I phrase it to my kids is, and we have so much more of life to live mm-hmm. than what's in front of a screen doesn't mean the screen is bad it means that there's mountains to climb and people to talk to and giant lego castles to build and rough play and parks and making snow angels outside i mean it's freezing right now and we have like two feet of snow like there's a whole life to live Mm -hmm. that is not in front of a screen Mm -hmm. and screen time what happens in front of a screen isn't real life Mm -hmm. right it simulates real life and it's entertaining But I don't want to live my life and at the end be like, yeah, I lived all these stories, but they weren't even my story. They were just Mm -hmm. in front of a screen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think it's just like anything. So anyway, what I'm saying is I think if we can take away the taboo of it and like villainizing it, it'll also make it so that they can enjoy it when you do give them screen time. But that life is so awesome. I want my kids to feel this like hunger for actual life, Mm -hmm. real life with real real people. Mm real Mm -hmm. tactical things you can actually hold in your hand and wonder Mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things that you can find when you're living like actual life out Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. and you're more grounded and all those things so I think if you can for me that's been a huge 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 and that's with anything actually that's Mm -hmm. even with like sweets I don't I feel really strongly about like not villainizing sweets Mm -hmm. but I also don't give my kids cookies 10 times a day but when we have our cookie we really enjoy it but it's just there's so many these other foods that are just so great you know you can't enjoy the taste of a grapefruit if you ate a cookie right before the grapefruit right Mm -hmm. it's that this positive of i want you to enjoy all the tastes Mm -hmm. because there's so much out there guys Mm -hmm. like life has so many things for us to enjoy and Mm -hmm. we can't do it if we're just doing if we're only in the food example if we only eat oreos it kind of takes away the joy of the oreos and we're missing out on other stuff and if we're just doing screens, then we're not really living the rest of our mm-hmm. life. But it doesn't mean you can't enjoy those things when you choose to eat, when you choose to enjoy them. Totally. You know? And in fact, I think that... Um... And just to be clear, I love Oreos. I just want to like be really clear about that. When I eat my Oreos, Oreos yes. I really enjoy the Oreos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that framing it that way works with a ton of things with parenting. One of the areas that I love to use that something but there's something better kind of mindset in is also this has nothing to do with this episode but I had to put it in here while we're talking about it um is with either quote potty words or you know like stupid or anything like that I I feel like all kids kind of go through a little like potty word stage or maybe they hear it from someone and I feel like the best nullifier (laughs) is that the right word for that for me was if my kids would use you know I'm not making a big deal like oh my gosh you can't say poo poo fart butt or stupid like (laughs) not like no that's a bad word I would just say hmm that like I think your your brain's a little smart you think of a better word than that stupid ball why is that ball stupid to you it's 
making you mad because it's flat and so you can't kick it right. Like this flat ball is making me mad so I can't kick it is you're way smarter than if you say stupid. Do you know like mm. what's the better the better thing? I think that works with yeah, enjoying like oh sounds like you want to watch a show and that sounds fun, but what can we think of that's even more fun? You know, like just yes. what's a little bit better. I feel like that works that. in a lot of pretty situations for me. <laughs> yes. So you're in, you're not actually making it into something bad. bad. You're just yeah. offering another better, better. Yeah. solution. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really like that. Yes. My kids are going, they, my boys had a little, we talked, we talked extensively <laughs> about this because our boys are always together. They were saying potty words a lot and we did, yeah, very specific, like not villainizing it, but just redirecting mm-hmm. and then I actually just turned into just ignoring because it yeah. wasn't and now it's gone which is great but it's now face. my three-year-old has just started this week started saying stupid uh-huh. like he'll call people stupid he's mad and he'll be yeah. like you're just so stupid mm-hmm. and I'll get back with you guys on this if this is working <laughs> if this is going to work or not but um right now what I'm saying to him is uh that's not truth mm-hmm. because your sister's not stupid mm-hmm. right but wow, I can see that you are very frustrated at her mm-hmm. right now. So it's not actually like, you're bad, don't mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not like shaming him for mm-hmm. it. It's just, oh, that's not truth. Wow, you're really frustrated with her. Mm-hmm. Did she t- did she knock over your Lego thing? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to help him identify instead of calling somebody names. And again, he's three. So <laughs> with, my, with my eight-year-old, I probably would have, if she was doing that, I'd probably have more conversation mm-hmm. about how words we say, you know, can hurt people and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But at his age, I simply literally just say, that's not truth. Because I actually always say that with my five-year-old. Anytime somebody says something that hurts his feelings, I ask him, is it truth? Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time he says no. Mm-hmm. And there's a few times, sometimes people say things that hurt my feelings that actually are true. And then I take it as feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, perhaps I am being mean in this mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> what can I, you know, let me take it as feedback. And then you get to choose with that information, though. If it's not true, you can either let it in or you can let it bounce off, right? So that's the thing we say, I say over and over and over to my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Is it true mm-hmm. what he said? Oh, it's not. Okay. So would you like to bring it in or would you like it to bounce off? And he's like, bounce off. And he'll like do like little ninja moves and he just goes <laughs> off and plays. But with my three-year-old who's actually saying the things, that, anyway, I'll follow up with you guys, see if that's working yes. as an alternative to, to stupid. Yes. But I'm actually, maybe I should try the, what's a better word you could use and for him, it would probably be like, I'm mad. That's yeah. probably the yeah. word he's yeah. looking for is, mm-hmm. I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, okay, I love that. This actually leads right into what we want to <laughs> finish does. with. And that is, oh, we talked about it in our last episode a little bit, the idea of validating emotions. And I know it's one of our literally core principles that we talk about all the time. But I think it needs to be said about boys that even with all of the strides we've made with uh, talking about emotions in general and girls and women's issues and all those kinds of things there is still this weird stigma with men not that it's like not manly to be able to express your own emotions Mm -hmm. that crying is somehow like not cool for boys Mm -hmm. but it's fine for girls Mm -hmm. or for a man to say i'm feeling this way somehow isn't manly and i think we have a really awesome opportunity as parents to just stop that (laughs) stop it because mm-hmm. our kids at very and I've read so oh so many things, boys at a very young age if they internalize the idea that I can't be a man and show emotion, then they turn into men who simply suppress their emotions. And as we know, feelings buried alive never die, and it's not healthy. So I I guess our thing is here, recognize that. And in fact, oh I've actually read stuff where mothers they've actually done studies where mothers with baby girls allow crying with more uh, kindness, empathy Mm. than their boys. Because even as babies, we somehow think that like you're showing too much emotion. (laughs) So my, I guess my thing is here, be open to the idea that maybe take a look at yourself, moms and dads. We have a lot of awesome dads that listen to this. Mm -hmm. Think inside yourself. Are you okay with boys expressing their feelings? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, you're not going to be able to actually teach that to your boy, that it's okay for him to feel frustrated, mad, mm-hmm. sad, hurt, all those things, and that you're you're not going to be a safe place for them to express it. And if you're not a safe place, nowhere mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's definitely not going to be with their friends. Yeah. And a lot of times with boys, if they don't have that safe place, it comes out as aggression, misbehavior, yes. those sort of things, because they 
it is harder for them to yeah. express. They don't have the words. And we know mm-hmm. from emotional, how you teach emotional intelligence is by giving your children the words. Besides, we mostly just know sad, mad, happy. Mm-hmm. But if you can teach them more words, frustrated, I'm feeling impatient. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling really irritated Annoyed. right now. Mm-hmm. Though teaching them, and by teaching them, I'm not saying you have flashcards. You're like, what does irritated mean? <laughs> I'm saying you start reflective listening to them and saying, oh, wow, you're feeling really irritated right now. Or wait, even with yourself, I'm feeling like you, they can see you. Say you're a dad, you're fixing something, and you're getting really frustrated, and you want to hit the thing with the hammer. And you might hit the thing with the hammer. <laughs> and you can say to your son, I am feeling really frustrated right now. Mm-hmm. Or I'm feeling really impatient because I can't the screw isn't going in like I want it to. Mm-hmm. Them watching you express, naming specifically the feeling that you're feeling is going to be so powerful for you. And in the book, Calmer, Easier, Happier Boys, she says over and over and over that oftentimes boys, we, they have a genetic component in them that makes them want to mimic men. Same thing with girls. They want to mimic women. And so... I think the important, the most important part to start is with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a dad, look at your own self. Do you mm-hmm. feel like men can express emotions? Are you comfortable saying what you're feeling? And if you're not, start with that. Mm-hmm. And again, how that looks is saying what feelings you're feeling out loud so your mm-hmm. son can hear them. Mm-hmm. And when your son expresses emotion, because kids express it way more than we adults do, we can, mm-hmm. we can tamp it down pretty, <laughs> when I say easily, it still affects us, yeah. but we can control ourselves a lot better than kids can. But when you see them losing it, instead of freaking out and yanking at their arm and yelling at them, mm-hmm. you can say things. You can actually name, guess what the emotion that they're feeling is and say, is that right? Mm-hmm. Is it anger that you're feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Is it frustration that your little brother just knocked over your blocks? Mm-hmm. And they can say, no, I'm actually feeling this. But that's how you get it help give your children emotional intelligence and boys need it just as much as girls do Mm -hmm. so let's just everybody within the sound of my voice (laughs) all of us like start the movement of boys can feel feelings too Mm -hmm. and they're gonna grow in to be husbands and fathers that i mean you can that's the cool thing about it you can stop any pattern with you Mm -hmm. so if your dad showed no emotion and your mom didn't either or they suppressed any emotion you ever felt guess Mm -hmm. what you have the power to change it right now with your own kids Mm -hmm. and that will pass on for generations so you have the power use it for good you do all right guys well thanks for joining us on our episode part two about boys we had so many good episode suggestions when we requested for them and we have an awesome lineup coming up if any of you have more suggestions things you want us to research or talk about leave us a review it helps us and we see them all and we love them and we cry and we love them so much (laughs) they're so sweet all right guys let's find the magic (coughs) brown cows